Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. No, no, I, I don't push the button, John. We're not, no, there's it's no going back. It's too late for you. Welcome to episode 299 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan saying, May the 4th be with you because that's not overplayed at all today. Left hanging once again by uh, baby daddy producer Bruce. Not my baby daddy, but he's somebody's. So instead, I've got <laughs> Sir John. Yeah, well, you know, a less hairy variant of. I see Bruce. that. You got the Walter White vibe going on pretty hard there, man. That's well, that's why my picture on our chat channel is freaking Walter White with the, the proper uh, hat on and everything. Cause... Well, good thing you've got a criminal lawyer. Um, yeah, because you know, as an ex-grad, I'm really worried about that. Yep, yep. Uh, and Chuckles. Who now has another dues card. Another dues card. And the seal of the high priest. Yes. Which Modest Yahoo tells me is impossible to break. I was trying to find that song for you, but I couldn't. So, um, nice. You tried, but you didn't, so it's okay. Yeah, I'll find it later. Uh, our official Canadian affairs correspondent is back with two extra inches on the back of his head. You're freaking right it is. And that guess is what? Full, that is full I'm... NHL playoff mullet right there. That's what it is, baby. Look at this. Look, look, look. I can could, I could put a ponytail in. I can ponytail that shit. Uh, so, and I'm also, you know, coming from the like sixth most expensive city to live in in my country now, which is f-ing ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. So, just so you, yeah. For all, for all one... you non Canadian listeners know, it now costs him three gallons of maple syrup a year for his rent. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Three gallons. Oh. Brother, you live in but a okay. Spot just, one road going just to give you an idea. So I got I got my my you know we do our oil because we have to oil heat this one I have here anyway, so we're so on a, your your, your plan which cuts you out to so many so much a month for the year right, I got mine for this year. Last year, it was one hundred and seventy five dollars a month. This year, it's four hundred and eighty six dollars a month because I'm now being uh, me- measured from like fifty nine cents a liter to two dollars and ten cents a liter for oil. It's going to be a bad winter. Thank you, Russia. I'm getting heat pump. Yeah, thank you, Russia. Wait, y'all just have like a pipeline that like crosses over into Alaska. Is that how that works? I mean, you're you're kind of close to them. No, no, we're on the other side of Alaska. (laughs) Oh no, Canada! Canada! Yet again. Otherwise, geography is not our best friend. Me sideways and call me. That was a pipeline joke in there, and you done took it away. So we're moving on. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I lost it. Masonic Scholar? Uh, I don't, actually, I didn't get a resume for our guest, Chuck. You're like the worst guest bringer. Person guy. Introduce Austin. Yeah. You give us give us your Masonic CV as much as you're willing to give us, and then explain to us why smart people are reading your book. And why you're dumb enough to show up on this show. Uh, Yeah, so I should should preface that uh, uh, Austin Schifrin is the author of More Light Collected Masonic Writings, uh, which are his own collected Masonic writings. And if you've been on the Reddits at all this week, uh, there's been much ado about this book. Um, That's all I know because I'm not actually on Reddit. So I will, uh, I will turn it back over to Brother Austin 
I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's like this weird delay with Jitsi no, no. that takes some getting used to. So you you need not apologize. Thank you guys very much for having me. Um, so I will give you a quick rundown of the old Masonic CV, uh, and I do hope that I won't leave out anything uh, important. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a member of two Blue Lodges in Pennsylvania at present. Yes, I, I work under the jurisdiction of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. I hope they will not disown me after this evening. We shall see. Um, where, where in Pennsylvania? I joined, I, oh, uh, Pittsburgh. City of oh, Champions. Um, okay. Although... Although I know, well, certainly not our baseball team. That's a completely uh, different So, story. yeah, no, I'm um, from Pittsburgh. Um, there we go. I was raised in Carnegie. A compatriot. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in the North Hills, uh, not too far. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm in, sorry. I was raised in the Pearson Event Center for the base, for the, the one-day class thing in 2004. Oh. Yeah. You're part of that big group photo right there. Yeah, I, I went to Pitt, so. Right on. Yeah. Oh well, dude, you and I are gonna you and I are gonna hang out and grab a coffee or a beer or something sometime after this. Yeah, when I get it back home, um, damn right. There you go. Anywho, so I joined up back in two thousand six uh, in a uh, a lodge a little bit uh, farther out into into the the, the burbs, uh, sunny subtropical lower Burl, Pennsylvania, uh, in two thousand six. Um, I'm a past master of that lodge, uh, Tyrion number 644, back in 2013. Uh, joined up with the Scottish Rite. I was, uh, I'm past uh, Sovereign Prince, Princes of Jerusalem out there from 2014. Um, oh, let's see. Joined up with the Shrine. Uh, I want to say it was two four, 2014 or 15. Uh, York Rite, uh, not too long after that. I'm involved with uh, uh, Tall Cedars. Uh, the sh uh, what am I leaving out here? Allied Masonic degrees. Uh, so I've I've scoped out the appendant bodies uh, to the the extent that uh, time permits, um, but also uh, made sure to kind of uh, keep my uh, commitment to my Blue Lodge close to my heart. Uh, I, I, I'm there pretty much every state and extra. Um, I still, I'm still out there conferring firsts, um, but you know the the one of the great good fortunes that I've had in the course of this journey is that uh, when you're coming up in the officer line in the Valley of Pittsburgh Scottish Rite, they ask you to contribute to our local magazine. Um, and after I was finished with my tenure, I was very grateful to uh, be invited to stay on in that writing capacity. Uh, so what you find in this book that I've uh, recently put out called More Light, Collected Masonic Writings, uh, is a collection of 15 essays uh, that uh, were printed in that magazine between the years 2017 and 2021. And then uh, appended to that is the, uh, the text of a presentation that I gave to the Squirrel Hill Historical Society in 2021. So uh, that's a, a little bit of a blend of uh, my bio and background, as well as the contents of the book. All right. So for all you Jags who are not from where we, uh, where I used to be from and used to live, that Squirrel Hill Historical Society, that's kind of a big deal. So, um, damn. Uh, wow. no, I, I, I really appreciated the fact that they were, uh, they were interested in what I had to share. You know, I mean, I took... Physics one, two, and three in the old Masonic uh, temple in at Pitt before I realized what the Masons were. Oh. Um, and those some of those rooms still have uh, those other rooms still have preparation rooms, which is kind of interesting when you see them laid out, especially because Pennsylvania Masonry is very different from the rest of the U.S. If you've ever gotten out of there, um, so. For me, you have given me a warm feeling in my tum-tum for the, this whole thing. Um, um, so, so does Pennsylvania masonry involve chimpanzees? Is that how it's different than our goats? Or, or, you know, no, 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 we still got goats. Goats? Goats? goats. Still got the goats? Okay, okay. What are we, clandestines? Come on. Jeez, okay, no, okay. Not clandestines. Yeah. 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 No, the, the goat so, is a landmark. Yeah, so... um. 
just broke Chuck's train of thought. It's so much fun. So you're involved in the in there's in the various bodies out that way. Um, Councilor, well, we're the only two NMJ guys here on this show. Um, I won't but, hold it against anyone. Eh, oh, 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 that's a that's a and return fire we're not used to. Um, <laughs> okay, so so for your book, how much of your book applies to Blue Lodge versus the other? Degrees like say Scottish right degrees or York right degrees. That that is, you know what? I want to give you guys credit. You might uh, think that your podcast is uh, zany and off the wall, but I think that was a very that was a very good question. It was very, it was uh, that's that's a better literary question than I've gotten in, in some of my interviews. So thank you. Um, well, well, no, we're, we're not zany. We're just we're just all assholes. There's a difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <clears throat> ah, um, I'm looking over. So let's see. I'm looking over the the individual the individual essays this is composed of, um, and I'm gonna say that of the essay component of it, about maybe a, a third or less of the essays are a little bit more Scottish Rite specific, um, and then the other two thirds to three quarters of the essays. Uh, are about principles that might, you know, might uh, be be a component of the of the Scottish Rite, but really trace uh, back to Blue Lodge. Um, you know, ethics, civics, philosophy uh, that that yeah. uh, traces back to Blue Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Hmm. Wow, Chuck has good questions. Well, I mean, the, uh, so the point is, your book applies to Blue Lodge Masons. Scottish Rite Masons, York Rite Masons, wannabe Masons. Yes, actually, I think that's that's a really important point. Perspe like perspective Masons. Exactly. So this is not I think, something I think if, I, if I look over... If I look over what I, I chose to include here, I think it's um, relevant for uh, existing members of, of Blue Lodge alone, uh, it's relevant for fellows who have traveled a little farther afield in the appendant bodies, uh, but it's also very suitable for the general public. Um, and I think if anything should give, you know, if, it, if it's picked up by a person who's not a member, should give them a clearer understanding of the background and perspective of, you know, what goes on in Freemasonry, what, you know, what, what do people there care about and why? I mean, including stuff that doesn't have to do with anything quite as serious and somber, right? Because I know that fun and fellowship, uh, you know, is is also certainly part of the attraction. Okay, so I like asking other guys this. So this is the real. Uh, we're gonna get into the actual after lodge conversations here. Okay. Ah. <laughs> All right, batten down the hatches, boys. And and by the way, this isn't being stupid either. All right. Wait, no. If you preface it with this that. isn't being stupid either, it's gonna be stupid. No, it's not. <laughs> In order, ignoring the first three degrees of masonry, what are your three, your top three favorite degrees in Freemasonry? I, I've asked Ooh, okay. many a guy this on this this podcast. Ignoring, you ignoring the the blue wash degrees. Right. What uh -huh. three degrees that you've seen in masonry or participated do you like the most? So for me, or the temple, EA out of Pennsylvania, because swords, and the uh, select master of uh, the the royal mastery in council. Th those are my top three. Period. End subject. What are yours? Okay, so that's that's also an excellent question, and I'm I'm embarrassed that I'm not more prepared. 
because I only have That's why I ask it. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good gotcha question, but I only have I only have my first two straight off the top of my head. Um uh so this is not going to be helpful for some people, but my top favorite absolutely is the 33rd. Um because it had more history in it than any other degree that I've experienced. Uh, so, well, you hit our you, you, we, we are now done with our conspiracy quoting, quoting for the month. I always so thank you for that. One. This, you preface that statement with this isn't going to be helpful for a lot of people. In fact, that's not going to be helpful for most people, but it's good to hear that it's actually a really rich degree because some of us yeah. will never see it, <laughs> especially it no is. one on this show. Sorry, now. Um, so, but the, you know, my, my next, so I might, Ooh, you know, I hope nobody's going to be mad at me for my choices, but my next, my next favorite, uh, might be the Royal Arch. Um, no, look, Hey, I just, and Austin, don't worry about offending our like two years. I okay. just finished up two years of being a Royal of a high priest through COVID got my, uh, past high my past high priest jewel. It's that way. Yeah, yeah. So, I I love I love chapter. Um, okay, so uh, not, I, not I, as much as I love the council degrees, but I would know. have a quick sidebar question. Would be because I haven't seen the thirty third. I know the KCCH degree, even though I shouldn't, but I don't. I do know it. Why not? It's not a degree. It's a ceremonial, and it's public. So yeah, except the, for the parts that aren't public, and I have a copy of that. I haven't read it, but uh, <laughs> there's no un. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't exist. You're blowing smoke up our ass, John. That oh, we're talking about. Okay, so I have a copy. Well, obviously, I don't have my KCCH, so I don't know it. Yeah. Um, but uh, an aside, just from a uh, uh, running as a degree. How long, with, with lengthwise and complexity, I know the uh, uh, Royal Arts degree is usually referred to as the longest degree in masonry. How does that compare uh, with the 33rd? And I know it's a complete sidebar, but, you know, I'm trying to keep Chuck from talking. Well, this is also the NMJ's 33rd. Oh, so it's like the George Washington degree. <laughs> he was a mason, uh, so yeah. So, look. Okay, but you, I'm driving up to Canada. <laughs> It'll take me through. <laughs> That's it. Don't you worry. You'll, you'll never make it as soon as you cross the border. The cost of gas will destroy you. Uh, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, even in Canadian dollars, it's a lot of money. <laughs> but, but you Wait, know, no. now, that, now that I think anyway. of it, um, ooh, I, I had, I had a, like kind of a tie. So I've got kind of a tie for what I would consider my third favorite, though. Um, and it, it, I'm glad that something popped into my head because I was feeling embarrassed about leaving leaving a question incomplete. Only I couldn't partial answer credit, it, right? Well, so my for third, I think I've got kind of a tie between um, the shrine ceremonial, and I know you said I know you said not to include the uh, the the first three in Blue Lodge, but there's a lodge over in Ohio that uh, has an annual event, which of course, you know, took a quick hiatus uh, for, for the, the global pandemic, but they do an annual event where they do a Blue Lodge third degree under blacklight with costumes. I've been there. Um, I've been there. Yeah. And it's it is a delight. And although I've been to it more recently, uh, what I kind of miss is that a few years back, they had a fella on their degree team who had some military background, which meant that when he was in charge of directing some other officers' movement around the floor, <laughs> he did it drill style. He did it like marching style in formation. I love that. And it you guys was in Pennsylvania all the time, don't you? Not like this, dude. This so I so that was that was a delight. So as I'm gonna say, tied for third is shrine ceremonial and you know there's they're they're innovating that a little bit where, where we are right now they have a new shrine ceremonial that they call the knickerbocker degree 
uh, named after the, the you know the old timey New Yorkers who created oh. the shrine. Um, I was say, Nicky Bunny. But it 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 does not uh, it does not give me the same buzz as the the old fashioned uh, shrine ceremonial degree did. So tied for third, shrine ceremonial and uh, crucible steel blacklight knife. That's gonna be there. You go. A Final answer. Blacklight. That I, at first I just think like bad eighties, like mescaline trip. But at the same time, they they hit it in a part of the tragedy where it is really cool. I've seen it before. Um, I'm not gonna say it. How talk about some? I've seen things like that again on uh, and up here in New England on that show. You know where. I'm not going to talk about it, but it, it can get really cool if it's done right. I mean, that's that's the only variant, the the only kind of really wacky variant of the third I've heard about, other than uh, uh, Cherokee Nation's uh, all uh, the full dress uh, degree team for the Blue Lodge degrees down in Oklahoma. Well, they, they were up in Maine like not that long ago. Yeah, those guys get some mileage because it's oh, yes, they do. apparently amazing, and I would love to see it. But that's, um, same here. This is, this is the first time I've heard of another variant of it. I didn't realize there was a black light third degree. That's I mean, we've I've I've been part of a barn raising. I've been part of um, the the Scottish Rite. Well, the Pittsburgh the Greater Pittsburgh Masonic Center has a quarry, and they do quarry degrees. There. I've seen quarry degrees on a, in a bunch of places. Uh, barn raising. Yeah. I've done farm degrees. I did a farm degree last year. You know, not, not that long ago. So, yeah. Okay. So, Austin. Yes, sir. More intelligent questions or unintelligent questions, depending on how this goes. From you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Def. Your train of thought. Go ahead, Chuck. I'm here to help. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> if you could tell a prospective Mason what to expect from a fraternity, what would you actually tell them? Uh, I would tell them that they're gonna they're gonna experience. Uh, a lot of they're going to experience a couple of different clashing dichotomies all at once. Um, there's a component of the Blue Lodge experience that is uh, philosophical and deep. Uh, there's also a component to the Blue Lodge experience that's kind of banal, because at the same time as it's a mystery school that uh, uh, collaborates with the member uh, to work on their their you know their personal improvement, uh, it's also you know, in, uh, in some regards, an ordinary club and organization that has ordinary tasks to take care of, like paying bills. Um, but that if he throws himself into it, what he is going to find is a camaraderie that is uh, probably uh, very hard to find anywhere else. Um, and you're going to have the opportunity to forge these relationships with a, a more diverse set of people than you encounter in your adult life. One of the neat things about being younger and being, let's say, like in college, is that if you go live in a dorm, um, you're going to start having a cross-section of friends that's kind of diverse. You're going to know guys who are in different disciplines, and you're going to know guys, you know, maybe from different economic backgrounds. But then you get out into the adult world, and you work a job, and you work in an industry, and then, you know, once you're spending eight hours a day there, then 90% of the people that you meet are going to be people with a pretty similar background to yourself. And in your adult life, you have far less opportunities to, to mix it up with, with, with a, a wider variety of people. And Freemasonry affords you that while also weaving in um, some of the uh, more refined, mysterious, uh, and uh, deeper education if you're, if you're pursuing that. And if you're not pursuing that, it has other elements to it uh, that appeal to people with other pursuits as well. Wow. Damn. 
more articulate than I can ever put it. That's well, thank you. And that's but and that's dead on. I mean, that that is fantastic. Um, all right, John, you're up. Wow, you actually. Oh, well, could I could I could I expand on that a teeny yeah, bit though, uh, if, John? I really hope you'll forgive no, me. I mean, please, that. you're making us sound like we're intelligent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> happy happy to help. You know the the thing is, um, we have we have this new right worshipful in Pennsylvania, uh, brother Jeff Wonderland, and uh, you know he has he and and various other people on his line have pointed out that it behooves us to learn to talk about Freemasonry, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole the whole little diatribe that I just ran off on with you guys did not give away a single secret, did it, right? No, not at all. Um, but, you know, it's like, if I love this thing, then I better have something to say about it. And if somebody, you know, you can ask me some other questions and stump me, but if somebody approaches me in the street and says, quick, what do you love about Freemasonry? If I don't have something to say, um, then uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing three three parties a disservice. I'm doing Freemasonry a disservice by uh, losing out on the opportunity of of gaining a new fella. Uh, I'm doing him a disservice uh, by uh, not revealing to him uh, you know what it is that that is lovable about this fraternity, uh, and I've done myself a disservice uh, because. You know, I've, I've, uh, then if I can't articulate what it is I love about the organization, then is it possibly because uh, I never invested enough of myself into it to, to, to really learn and understand what, what, what was, what the gears were behind the scenes in this organization in the first place? Mm -hmm. I, I really like that. And we have a, uh, within our church at the AJC mm -hmm. where I'm seminarian at, um harlan's on here twice all of a sudden which is really weird and it's screwing me up more than one harlan's oh well here. i've been i've been gone for a few minutes now well you're saying it's on my stream but whatever but anyway internet died austin just brought this brilliant point and one of our things in the ajc and i think it should it carries it should carry over masonry is always have your elevator speech prepared that that 30 to 45 second long here's what it is here's what it does for me and go forth and i think your sentiment wraps that up very concisely and is very poignant and should be considered by all all men within the craft because if you can't say what you enjoy about masonry you're either missing out or you you're one of the people in the craft that actually you're kind of may have kind of a love-hate relationship with the craft because of where you've been placed or what you're doing within the craft. And that's that's something you have to introspectively look at and see how yep. you write that. Because um, I've known I've known a bunch of guys in the craft that are hardworking guys and that have done some amazing things, but they're, you know, hey, what would you say to somebody who wants to join masonry? You know, I wouldn't. Um, you know, it, it's, I understand the labor of love uh, directive on that with some guys, but some guys kind of forget the love component of the labor. Um, but some guys <laughs> don't engage in the labor whatsoever and don't understand what goes on. You know, so I think your, your point that you raised is uh, absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, it's too bad hard to miss all that. Yeah, that's what happens when the when the brain force gets going too strong on the podcast. My internet craps out. So you're not you're not the only one, Austin, with, uh, with terrible terrible rural internet access. The funny hey, part but, is, hey, but just when like things get too smart, Harlan's internet just goes. No, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Har Harlan's internet. Well, I was just thinking it'll be it'll be fun for Harlan when it airs. Because you know you'll get to you'll get to experience well, it for the first time like the rest of the audience. I, I have to I have to edit it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll hear it. Harlan shits the bed. Meanwhile, the guy who's on an island in Canada is just 
Dryden right along with the rest of us. Yeah, that's enough of your commentary on American infrastructure, all right? But we've already but we've already discussed the fact <laughs> that we're at the si- I'm now living in like the sixth most expensive city to live in in the whole damn country. Yeah, so I live in the most expensive part of my state. The internet and the power and the water here is all inexcusably terrible. Like <laughs> for how much money yeah. you pay for it, eh? Infrastructure I, I should be better. I figured complaining about the uh, infrastructure in the United States would be uh, slightly suiting to uh, Austin's background being the uh, uh, public policy management wonk uh, as somebody who comes from a public administration background, which, you know, he comes from the background where they come up with the big ideas. I'm the guy that has to, like, figure out how to keep trains running on time and not things fall over. So take a page out of the Ron Swanson playbook and tell us why – Government policy matters in two words. Go. Oh, oh, me? No, I mean, yeah, I, not to disappoint, not to disappoint everybody, but uh, that is what I studied in in grad school, and then I wound up in banking. So there you it go. Makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. The oh, correct oh, answer yeah. is it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> can I can Dang. I pivot this subject for a second though? Sure. Okay. Ooh, Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack the conversation for a second and say. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You're fine. When, we get, so you, when we get into the book, what you'll find is that the, the ninth essay in here is about politics, the verboten subject, right? Now, okay, I know politics in and government aren't lodges, synonymous, but I thought it was a good segue. In the craft lodges, not well, so yeah. much in the rights, but yes. And in the after lodge experience, so whatever you want to do. Is, this, so this is the thing, right? Is, uh, and I really, I really kind of went, I went straight for it in this essay, right? So there are in the American spectrum of politics, um, a couple of different, maybe two polarities, these two different perspectives on public administration of things and public spending on things. Um, and, but the, you know, a, a perspective that uh, all uh, endangered or fragile populations deserve a safety net and need to be supported and uh, public funds should be rustled up uh, to, to effectuate those goals. Um, and a polarity that says that uh, that that government which governs least governs best, uh, keep your hands off of things uh, and and uh, and you know let the let the markets settle affairs. Uh, and I say, there is at least something admirable to see in both sides and people need to look need to learn to look at each other uh through a new lens of a little bit of civility and respect um and i know i sound like a pie-eyed optimist talking like that but i think someday we can get there you know well it's funny that you should mention that uh because if i can make my Warning! Warning! Danger! 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 The lawyers are to speak. Yeah, no, it's my phone won't quit. Anyway, so uh, when we were talking about uh, in our super secret Slack channel about whether or not we were going to have this guy come hang out with us this evening, uh, Chuck sent the link to your book on Amazon. Mm. And one of the ways to vet an author quickly mm-hmm. when you don't have time to order, receive and read the book in the like 48 hours notice we had um, is <laughs> to use the Amazon algorithm to, to our benefit. So what I like to do is pull up a book and then go. And to be fair, Austin, at least one of us bought the book uh, like within the last 20 minutes. So. Hooray! So, um, buying it like tomorrow. You look at what other people who have ordered this book have also ordered or enjoy or whatever the algorithm takes from your readers who have paid for your book and what they enjoy. Yes. So the top of that listing is, uh, the several, uh, several uh, dispositions on the Socratic method. Um, there was some, a whole bunch of stuff about Plato, um, things about civility, uh, rhetoric, civil discourse and persuasion, um, all 
a lot of which I have read. So that was that was what I, I guess how, how you got my vote without me actually cracking open your book or having talked to you on Reddit uh, was just because uh, our, our your readers are in good company. <laughs> it's uh, now, if my also, vote mattered. And, my vote was based off chunks, which is a bad idea. Astrologic comment. Uh, a natural comment. All right. Yep. You've been in this building. I just trust Chuck, which was a really, really bad idea, but I did it anyway. Well, so, Austin, <laughs> you've been a Mason for a while. I'm going to cool. ask you. Chuck what is the dumbest conspiracy theory that someone has said to your face as a Mason? Hmm, to my face. So thankfully, to your face. So, I haven't had let, let, a lot of that. So, so to my face was it. we had a contractor who, when he found out I was a Mason, laughed and said, blah, blah, blah. The oldest guy in your lodge has his way with every new member. And I oh. mentioned that to my law secretary at the time, who was like, I'm not getting up for a bunch of co-eds, let a bunch of your old crusty asses. This is this is Femu, <laughs> not Kappa Sigma. So, <laughs> no. Let's just say I'm setting the bar pretty weird. So, we're, we're not but talking high, low. How do we describe that? We're, we're not talking off chicks in tracks some on weird your, land. That's where that is. We're not talking chicks tracks on your car at Peter's Pub, like and, that I've had happen to. What is the absolute? Just someone finds you your Mason and they say something to you, and you're just like. I, uh, I, so, okay. I, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry that in some regards, I can't answer this question better because I'm grateful to find that I haven't had a lot of that stuff spewed directly to my face, but I'll tell you what the two most common things are that I've heard either were said to somebody else that I know or get bandied around on the internet as for better or for worse. I spend some of my time there on the interwebs, right? And the two that you hear a lot of the time is, A, oh, the Freemasons worship Satan. Um, and I know that those rumors can be traced Lucifer? back to some specific things and some specific literature. But Lucifer the, is not the, Satan. The, uh, in the final analysis, it's a bunch of bunk. Uh, but the problem is you, you can't really hold a rational and logical argument with a, with a person who is already convinced of a conspiracy. Because of course, their response yeah. to your to your uh, complaints will be that's exactly what a person engaged in the conspiracy would say. Would so say, at that point, yeah. you've kind of got to give up the the notion of reasoning with somebody. But the other one that I think is more important to touch on, because we like to we like to laugh at this misconception, but it's uh, it's a dangerous one. Uh, when people go, "Oh, the Freemasons, you guys run the world, right?" And it's, yeah, it's fun to chuckle yeah. at it. Like the one time that I brought a date to a Masonic function uh, and the two guys sitting at reception couldn't figure out whether I had paid for my ticket already or not. Uh, and, you know, she turned to me and said, run the world. You guys don't even know how to run a dinner. Right. Exactly. So, but the sure. thing is, there's always going to be people in the world who find it easier to attribute their lack of success and happiness to some outside conspiracy cause than to any shortcomings of their own, right? And yep. I say this as, you know, not to, not to make everything about a persecution complex, but I say this as a Jewish person. Yep, um, that's where I was going. Out in the world, yeah. When there's people out in the world who like to go back to that, that old chorus of, oh, you Jews run the world, what it becomes is it becomes a rallying cry yeah. to try to quote unquote overthrow those people who they think are oppressing them, right? So th this, this secret society that has some kind of cabal that's keeping them down uh, needs to be dismantled. And, you know, in some regard, the Freemasons are, are looked upon by other cross sections of society as harmless because we're very Norman Rockwell. We're very Boy Scouts. Uh, yeah. But 
people who people who have the conspiracy misconception that we run the world are people who could potentially be rallied someday uh, to the cause of violence against Freemasons. They and could do seen They could. Yeah. In the recent news, arson cases, both in the U.S. and abroad. So I think we should be a little concerned. Yeah, fanatics can be That's found. And, yeah, fanatics can be found and pushed to do pretty much anything that you want them to if they you give them the right information. That's wrong information. Make them believe it. Right, right. If you give them wrong enough information. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the more wrong the information is, the more easily it's taken up, which is weird as well. Yeah. Well, because usually the more wrong it is, the more simple it is, and simple minds pick up simple objects. It's oh, true. And your your statement on that is utterly brilliant because I do. I've always thought for the longest time that the uh, rather than introspecting on what is causing my life friction, um, most people do the more easy thing of pointing the fingers outward and they don't take accountability for the self or for multiple other very banal uh, factors being involved with, you know, hey, my life sucks. Yes, it does. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And everybody else has the same problem you do. Um, and I can have a little, I can have a little empathy for these folks because even if they're misguided, even if it's a little dangerous, uh, I understand that reluctance to confront the the reality that maybe you know maybe I have not done enough to improve my own life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a a comfort that comes from the notion of it's got to be somebody else's fault. Something out there, yeah, um, yeah, you know. I get it. But but that also comes down to the concept of, I mean, we all we all as Masons um, have our beliefs, um, and, and and a lot of people would say that comes down to the same kind of belief. Not only of there has to be something out there that screwed me, but there's also something out there that's looking out for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That is why, my brother, we have the tessellated floor of dark and light. Right? These, those mm-hmm. are two sides mm-hmm. of one coin, are they That's not? That's right. Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah. All right, it show, shows how much is connected, David, and then how we are as, as, a, as a creature, too. All right, guys. I um, I have to go. I got a phone call I got to go take care of. Oh, well. No diggity. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. All right. We'll keep the show rolling up, Chuck. Yeah. No, I. This is gonna. Just, I'm not gonna want to talk. Yeah, no, we're recording. Go. Adios, <laughs> buddy. Bye. Catch you. How do you guys normally wrap up the show? Oh, we we'll we'll. Well, normally it's not my ex-wife calling me, so. Um, no, we normally oh, just oh, run yeah. out of steam at some point, and <laughs> we, we will we will beat the dead horse about seven times before we realize we're done. And then yeah. Do you, do you primarily listen? Take care, Chuck. Do you primarily listen to our show in audio format, or do you catch uh, John's video feeds? Uh, you know what? I have only heard it in audio format before. Okay. So, uh... so <laughs> what you're hearing? You hear the tape route. <laughs> so what you're hearing? Sometimes the ending is shortened because, as John was saying, a lot of times the show ends when we realize we we're back at this lap on the track for like the eighth time and it's time to put a bullet in it yeah. and then during editing like seven of those eight rotations around the nonsense just disappear right you, you, you stick a couple of the jokes in that came on rotation two or three but nobody knows that there's nothing in between kind of like how you wind down your after lodge at your own lodge right the guys are everything's going it's moving it's whatever and then as the night wears on and, and usually, in our case, one of the younger guys has done something stupid, and we're trying to explain to him <laughs> in every possible approach and angle why he's he's messing up, and then he's clearly not getting it, and one by one, people just kind of dwindle away until <laughs> it's three in the morning, and I'm stuck with the guy. The whispering <laughs> you know, council slowly stops. <laughs> um, Austin, on your point that you mentioned of how we just absolutely – have no chance of running the world, frankly, uh, as a body. Um, that sentiment, I'm, and I, I bring up uh, illustrious brother Brett Morris 
uh, 33rd from the Southern jurisdiction, the correct one. Um, his, his, <laughs> sorry, I had to shoot. I, I had to lob a shot because we're not talking, talking about Templary, so I had to like draw my line in the sand somewhere. Um, All right. No, but uh, Brent Morris said, you know, how can we run the world is if we're spending hours at every meeting debating if we're going to have ham or turkey sandwiches for our dinner at our next meeting. But, you know, I don't think that matters at all. In fact, I think it further feeds the the conspiracy fuel to it. uh, Earlier, we were mentioning the world's favorite scapegoat of the 20th century, the Jews. And if you know anything about Jews, you know, juice among two, two Jewish people, there are at least three opinions on any issue. Six. Very strongly held opinions that about the tiniest things, there is no way <laughs> that this nation of people. Well, you're, you're seeing it in the, in the state of Israel. What are, what are they on like the, the fifth election in, in six years now, because you can't form a government yeah. because of the, strongly held opinions on the plethora of issues they can't run a tiny little state the size of rhode island there's no Mm. running the world there's no there's and and so that doesn't help us as masons when we're like well we can't run a pancake breakfast well yeah so it didn't work for the jews so so wait are you saying the masons are run by jews no no i'm certainly (laughs) not saying that Dude, don't go there. <laughs> no. no, no. So my wife got off on the QAnon thing last year, and oh, Lord. I don't think we can salvage him. But, you know, the thing oh, that was getting cycled around was the pandemic being engineered by the Freemasons. Not all of the Freemasons. See, it's important that you understand that there's different types. And this is about the Scottish right of Freemasons, which is run by the Jews. And they're the ones who engineered the pandemic to do the mind control chips and the vaccines and the whole thing. And he, when he figured out I was a Mason, it got awkward. But then at some point, (laughs) at some point he realized that my funny hat is from the Scottish right. Listen, listen. Yeah. I can already offer you proof that the Jews don't run the Scottish right. Because if we did, They'd be pronouncing their Hebrew much better. Yes, thank you. That's exactly oh, where I was going. Harlan has brought this up before. Do you hear the word kadash like nails on a chalkboard? As a as a Christian seminarian, I can confirm and I approve it's, of this. It's taken me ten years to fix my I'm valley, done. to fix my valley, and now nine times out of ten, you hear kadosh and it's okay. But somebody, some old guy will come in and be like, all right, who's running the Kadash? But I, I've, I've made converts now. So like everybody else turns and glares at them. When they say, right. So you don't have to do it all on your right? own. You have some support now. <laughs> yeah. No, you have some uh, Jewish support. <laughs> well, what happened was there was an argument about this, I guess, back in the 90s, well before I was there. And so the story goes that they actually called in a rabbi to explain this to him. And he told them 100% definitively that it is Kadash and as well as some other pronunciations that are all wrong. And I heard this and I said, no, there's, there's no way. That's not, no No (laughs) rabbi told you that. Turns out it was the local messianic rabbi who came to the Scottish Rite Valley to explain the Hebrew Uh, pronunciations. uh, Yeah, I follow up your statement. Harlan, I I, want to punctuate your statement. (laughs) The Baptist preacher in a kippah. That guy. <laughs> I don't know it if you've been listening awesome. long enough, Austin, to know that messies are like my button. So when the guys want to get me wound up around here, they'll throw well, out yeah, we, some, some juice for all, Jesus we, thing. Yeah, and yeah, juice for Jesus commentary. I go, I go yeah. nuts. Christianity is a perfectly acceptable religion. It's added a lot of value to the world. I admire people of faith from all schools. Messianic Judaism is a different thing. You're it's a sham. You're, you're straddling the fence because yeah. you're trying to edge your bets. That's what that is. No, it's it's just if you <laughs> want to be a Christian, be a Christian. There's nothing wrong with doing that. This this messianic right, like they Judaism say in the four chaplains disagree. 
Yeah. Like they man. say in the four chaplains degree. It's uh, yeah, no. <laughs> and I like this because I'm a primitive Christian. So like yeah. I look at the Messianic Jews, I'm like, you know, I mean it's space for you over here, right? It would be like it would be like if the I don't know what to compare it to. If the if the Mormons decided they were gonna take on all of the all of the Baptist trappings so that they could help usher in whatever the Mormon revelation is by converting the Baptists who refuse to acknowledge the new way. It's, it's like that. It's like, what, what are you, what are you guys doing? That's just, that's that's just be Mormons. Leave the Baptists alone. <laughs> right. Let, let everybody worship as their conscience dictates. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, 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 uh, so one of the articles that I've got in the book, I'm, I'm, I promise I'm going to keep dragging this conversation, kicking and screaming back to the book. Hey, That's you know, okay. Tiki is just her. here. We're getting ready to publish uh, Tiki Jack's recent visit. So um, Matt Gallagher, who just published Practical Freemasonry, did an interview with us last show. And he was doing some publish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we encourage this. You yeah, sure. Promote yeah. it. So... Uh, one of the one of the essays in the book uh, where I, I had two essays on the topic of uh, tolerance and toleration, religious religious tolerance. Okay. Uh, but one of them I also segued into a, a, a brief tangent about theosophy. Um, but you know, more more generally, just talking about comparative religions and kind of focusing on the uh, the the nexus where a lot of these paths cross. Right, there is a golden rule expressed in many different languages, but meaning the same thing, which is treat other people the way that you would like to be treated. And much like you were talking about the Masons can't be running the world because we can't decide whether to have turkey or ham for dinner, right? If you focus too much on which day of the week you should be worshiping or what you should or shouldn't be allowed to eat, and I mean no disrespect for people, who take those rules very seriously. But if you focus too much on certain things, uh, it is possible that we lose sight of the uh, important underpinning premises that are common across all religions, which is that we should be treating each other uh, like we were uh, the brotherhood of man under the fatherhood of God. Period. Yeah, that's very true. While not a universal truth, yes, that's what I was trying to say. Um, there are exceptions to that. There are there are West, Westboro churches and and radical sects of every, different things. But yeah, denomination has their group that takes it, including including our own Austin. Right? If we're being honest, there yeah, are yes, there are some yes. healthy sects nope. of yes. Sad but true. Being an old old religion doesn't make us immune from having the sex that don't follow what you just said either. There, make, you just, yeah, there make you fewer of them relatively than other groups, but we have them. Um, yeah, I think everyone does. I mean, Cambodia, like when you thought the Buddhists were harmless and then you just take a news camera to Cambodia and say, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, can do and it that's, too. You know, that's a, it's a common Western misconception, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so no one's immune from oh, the radicals. But, I think our job is to throw water on the radical fire within our own faith, whatever it is, so that ours is out of us to the rest of the world. Say. That's a fair <laughs> thing to say after Lodge Harlan, but I would take it, I would take it uh, another another note here and say not only is it our job to uh, maybe th throw water on those radical fires but it's our job to study and learn, right? So if I am a Westerner with kind of a two-dimensional uh, uh, rosy portrait of what all Buddhism is, uh, and, you know, I, what, I'm, what I'm doing there is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not glossing over something that, a, a fact that I know, it's ignorance. It's, it's, it's a literal gap in my knowledge, right? Um, yeah. If we are only selectively critical of some religions because uh, razzing on them makes us feel better, um, it perhaps means that there are gaps in our knowledge, there are blind spots uh, where we're not aware of our own shortcomings 
or maybe, maybe we even relish uh, picking on others for the faults that we don't like admitting in ourselves. Uh, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different possible reasons here, right? Yep. Well, gents, I got a jet. Got to get ready for work. Yes, go package the queen's milk, sir. Go package the queen's milk. Yeah, you're <laughs> like Greenland time up there, so yeah. Jamie's like five hours ahead of the rest of us because he's in the middle of a large he's in the middle of the Atlantic. His his home's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit east of Greenland. His his um, doorbell's an old doorknob off of the Titanic that washed up next to his property. Yeah. Just. Hey, but that um, foundation that uh, that Eric the Red put in the in those stones, man, it's still going strong. So his house is solid. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just the three of us now, boys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we can still carry this because. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm. I don't know how much of this I'm ready for public consumption. Well, Harlan, in defense, I know the patriarch of my church watches this. So. so Quick question for both of you gentlemen who know more about the Scottish right than I do because I'm just a lonely black hat. Um, that, that does your hat color has nothing to do with how much you know about the Scottish right. No, I can't. Yeah, a lot of white hats. No, that's important. <laughs> to, to I, know at least, I know at least one white hat that he's lucky he can remember where he parked his car, and it's not because he's seen it. But however, um, that George part, Washington thing I was talking about a few shows back. That that night presentation we did with the, yeah. the statue, that guy that guy's a, a brand new thirty second. Like he's, yeah. So your, your hat color has nothing to do with it. Yeah, but so from a historical perspective, um, yeah. and I like to put, and it's funny because it's the now the Gentile minority on the show of three. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, this is a singular circumstance. Right? <laughs> I mean, we can open a lot of Masons. That's majority <laughs> Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. but this minority has a copy of the doc over on my shelf, uh, properly. That's fine. So, you're with the <laughs> from... uh, kindred spirits, anyway. Yeah, well, but I know in the Scottish Rite or in some valleys or in some places where the Scottish Rite was practiced at historically, uh, non Christian, quite frankly, non Christian and more obviously, uh, prolific Jewish members of the Scottish Rite. At one point, weren't allowed to go past the fourteenth degree. I uh, believe it was yeah to receive the. So that doesn't make a lot of sense because the fifteenth degree is about here in the southern jurisdiction a a particularly Hebrew bit of history. Yeah, in but the same way that the eighteenth is. I said, but the eighteenth ain't. <laughs> I've heard I've heard something or another about the eighteenth degree, and you couldn't take that degree if you weren't a Trinitarian Christian. I have been assured that that was never the case in my valley. I think that uh, might have been more of an English thing, and I hate that. No, I take that back. I'm Irish. I hate. I, I love casting like rock of England. But you hate the English. <laughs> it's in your blood. <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm wearing a freaking Glasgow Celtic jersey. I mean, but I, 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 at one point, and I can't remember uh, location and time frame, but I, I know at one point, uh, members of the Jewish faith were not allowed to go past the 14th degree in the Scottish Rite. And again, yeah. I don't know if that was stateside. I don't know if that was so northern or if that was my, my confusion there is that. There were founding members of the Supreme Council of the Southern Jurisdiction who were Jewish men. Correct. So how were you? Yeah, but you, we also know, look, we also know that some of these degrees were written historically over time, right. uh, well after their tenure, right? Um, Sorry about the interruption. Please continue. Uh, it's okay. Um so we do know that some of the degrees in, in today's Scottish Rite were written well after the tenure of the founders. And so if, uh, if some of today's existing degree work or some other uh, uh, policies and uh, mandates that were put in place over the course of the, the Rite's history would have excluded those founders, it's not because uh, those, those mandates correct and policies were original with their founding. And I think right? 
there was a time. Um, I think the greater irony here, really, is to stop and consider this. You can say that some degrees. Oh, you were saying something profound, and then your sound cut out. Oh, this is this is terrible. So no, I, I stopped because it sounded like somebody else had something to say. Oh, no, no. no. Harlan's an attorney. He talks whether you want him to or not. Just keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was bringing up. The, <laughs> I think there was a time um, when the valleys had a lot more discretion in how they govern themselves in those kind of matters than maybe they did later. And so, I think some of these. That, I'm sure that's true. Tales might be very. But you know, yeah. But you know, here's the thing that strikes me as ironic, right? Um, we have things in masonry that we say are secret. Um, but I think that we can also acknowledge that some of the things that we practice and we preach in Freemasonry uh, would be so restorative, would be so nurturing to the whole world that we think maybe they should not be secret and maybe we should share them as broadly as we possibly can. And the reason that I bring it up is because if you stop and think, if somebody has composed a degree uh, that instead of being broad-based is explicitly religious and, and you know and sectarian and, and says, here are the tenets of my specific religion, uh, it's ironic to, to make those exclusive and say, I do not want uh, other uh, 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 you know, per persons outside of our uh, practice to have the opportunity to experience this degree. It's ironic to me because if you if you love your own religion, then wouldn't you want to share those tenets with everybody else? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, it's anywho. Um, that's my two cents. No, that's not wrong. It's. Yeah absolutely accurate of the fact that why would you create something that's more restrictive and not allow the, well, the, the those messages of upright conduct and and good fortune and good nature to be spread amongst people who may not be within your circle and to your point about to your point about exclusion um, one of the things that uh, some of my uh, my Christian brethren like to say is um, if Jesus of Nazareth were here today, he would also be excluded from many of the churches that have, have his, his name in their books. <clears throat> so that's it's a thing that, that we do. Um, Right on, right on. Well, I think it's I think Masonic standards today. Uh, well, uh, we we often I don't know if your jurisdiction does or not, but one of the things if you download a petition in my jurisdiction um, to fill out, one of the questions on there is, do you advocate for or have you ever been a member of an organization that advocates for the overthrow of the government of the United States of America by force or infiltration? And if you answer anything but no to that question, you may as well not even turn it in. There's a guy whose portrait we have in every single lodge in my jurisdiction <laughs> who would not be able to... Well, I guess he could check that box because he didn't advocate the overthrow of the United States of America. But at the time... It was the... You advocated the overthrow of the government in which he was born under. Right. And that's... Yeah. It's a... If you want to talk more about that, somebody, somebody wrote a better book than me. Um, hold on. Now, I'm not supposed to be pitching somebody else's work no, while we're doing this podcast. I, so I understand the difference. Right? I, I am in no way advocating that we should be admitting treasonous types. I can't really oh, see it's Slowly, slowly, slowly. It's, it's slowly focusing. Brother. Okay. A deserving brother. I can't read the Mark. Uh, Mark Tabert. Tabert. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That book's terrific. Um, yeah. I'm, so, I understand the difference that, uh, and why the rebellion was just, it's just, it's one of those fun little points of irony that's fun to poke at. Yep. And because he was a Fellas, I did not, I did not notice the advanced hour, but I think I may need to, to oh, make yeah. my goodbyes as well. 
Oh, are you are you on that that wacky East of Eastern time thing with Jamie? <laughs> no, he's uh, it's, it's, it's only, right. It's 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 only nine thirty here. Uh, but I, okay. uh, I I am fortunate to have a, a girlfriend who is a wonderful human being. Has been very supportive of me in my Freemasonry and everything else. Uh, and I I uh, I think some together time would be in order. We, at this we, point we understand. Cue the smooth jazz. And uh, right on. thank you, brothers, for listening to episode 299 of the After Lodge podcast. Uh, thank you again to uh, Brother Austin. Sh Am I saying your name right? It's Schifrin. That's correct. Yes. Of uh, the author of More Light Collected Masonic Writings. There'll be a link to his Amazon page where you can purchase your very own copy and some other recommended works uh, in the show notes. Where you can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with Jamie on IRC at irc.stunet.org, pound sign Freemasonry. You can find Chuck on Reddit as the King of No Pants. Uh, the grand prize is still out there for whoever doxes Bruce on the Reddits. And uh, I am. I guess I'm too egotistical to join all of you in this social networking, but uh, you can always email <laughs> us and sometimes I'll, I'll be the one that answers. You never know. So thanks for joining us again, brother Austin. Do you have any uh, closing remarks? No, no, it's just, uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, spending the time talking with you guys. I certainly appreciate your support. Uh, I hope yeah. people will read and enjoy the book. Uh, and I know that I will continue to enjoy your podcast. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and, uh, you know, feel free to come back anytime. Take care, brothers. We will see you next week. Pleasure. Good night. <laughs>